30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Nine o'clock. That means it's the open line hour here at Rosie on the House. One triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. One triple eight Rosie for you. If you'd like to join the conversation, we have texting available during the broadcast at four one one nine two three. And you can also send an email to info at rosieonthehouse.com. We monitor all three of those during the broadcast. During the week, we do not monitor the text that is uh, provided by the broadcast. Flagship, KTAR, that's not something that we monitor during the week. That's used for communications to the studio. So just during the broadcast only, text at 411923. But the email, info at rosieonthehouse.com. And the phone number, one 767 4348 We answer all week long. Special and, guest back in studio. <laughs> and sweet Jennifer is uh, at her... Call screening station, ready to take your name, the nature of your question, and we'll get to you just as quick as we can. I'm Rosie. You've been listening to Romy for about the last six months. Appreci- it wasn't that long. It was four. <laughs> he's, in a time, he's in a time four. warp still. <laughs> Appreciate it, buddy. Appreciate it a lot. So, well, welcome back, and look, glad to have you here for the second week in a row now. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I missed a wet winter here. It was a wet winter. Yeah. I I've got a video pulling out of the driveway at the house and the road, our dirt road in front, the whole thing is a wash. I drove out it's a, river, a wash right? <laughs> coming down. It was incredible and we I I haven't added what rainfall came in this week, but as of Tuesday we were at seven inches of rain since October Hot on dog. a state average, which is f- almost four inches above our annual for that time or our average for that time frame. And you heard, if you joined us last hour in the Outdoor Living Hour with Jay Harper, you heard us all the things that are going to come. We're going to have we did get a little bit of a frost, but with all the moisture, uh, we're going to have a lot of insects. Uh, we could have a, a pretty good allergy season with all the. Uh, growth from weeds. Uh, if we let weeds go on our home, that's only going to help perpetuate the insect invasion. So there's a lot of great things that the rain has brought, but there's a lot of things that it brings that we're not, we don't normally have to deal with. And you can also just imagine what this has done to our roofs now, as it relates to oh, our home. Boy. What kind? <laughs> what does seven inches <laughs> do to a desert roof in a four-month period of time? The one nice thing is that we don't have to deal with in the monsoons, we get these really hot days. So the tar material and the emulsions and everything that's up there protecting our roof, even if it's a foam, it gets really hot. Well, then you get this rain on it and it cools it down really quick. And that sharp jump in temperature can cause a lot of times materials to contrast. And that's when cracks manifest themselves and leaks start. We haven't had too many of those extreme temperatures during this time where we've got a roof that's 120 degrees 150 degrees cooling down 40 50 60 70 degrees by the rain you know maybe have a 30 degree variant so we haven't it it hasn't done that but seven inches of rain on our roofs 
cause different types of leak. Every roof, it does. every rain, uh, you know, the, the different types of rain do different things. These long soakers like we had this week, that will produce different types of leaks than a quick, fast rain cloud. Let's say we got an inch over the whole course of the day. Well, leaks will show up there. That wouldn't show up if we got an inch in one hour that just came gone and was dry before it had time to work its way all the way through your roof penetration, down the sheathing to a, a rafter and down through your insulation and drywall and start showing up inside your home. A long soaker that happens like this all day long where it just, yeah, like we talk about in the outdoor living hour when we're talking about drip irrigation, a deep soak, a deep soak. We had a deep soak this week. We did, and a lot of times that long, slow rain ends up in a lot of stucco parapet cracks, and it shows problems with a paint job you've let go a little bit too long, and the stucco is soaking in, and then you see the water at your window sills and your window heads and your door headers, and everybody jumps to the conclusion it's a roof leak, when actually, in fact, many times... It's a stucco leak. So uh, it is a much different kind of rain than the quick, intense monsoon rains of the summer. Uh, it does manifest itself. I understand maybe we got a couple aggravating phone calls at the office this week about uh, homeowners not happy that all the rosy certified roofers are booked out a couple weeks. <laughs> And if you had called them in May, when we had a three-month stretch of no rain, they were all sitting around looking and, for something to do. And everybody was doing free inspections. <laughs> and you can't, you know, that's a, it's a, to me, one of the hardest industries in Arizona to be in because you've got these long stretches of nothing. Then you get these stretches of rain spurts and you can't get to the customers fast enough. But you know to only grow your crew how are you going to keep that crew busy in a couple of weeks when we go four, five, six months with no work? And you yeah. start layoffs. I mean, it's it's a very hard labor force to keep busy, uh, which is why you see a lot of guys that will do uh, residential and commercial. And they do a lot of commercial maintenance on these big roofs where they're under maintenance plans. And that's how they can offset that a lot of times. But, you know, if, if you grow your roofing crew, you either got to keep them busy or you, they, they just know they're getting hired short term to help me through this. And, yeah. you know, when, when we get through these next 100 jobs, if, if we don't have them lined up, you're you're going to have to go back into a different trade. Well, and then when we're hit with the really intense storms, then you've got the trades people coming in from out of state, quote unquote, storm chasers. And you have to be really careful there. It's not to say all storm chasers are bad, but you just have to be really, really careful. Well, a lot of them are are doing exactly that. They they're fixing it, you know. And instead of sitting there waiting for the next storm, well, then they go to where the damage is. Right. And like Dad said, they're not necessarily bad. But if they're doing work, where are they going to be when you need them to come look at the work they did? Yeah. And they're three states away working on damage from another storm. Yeah. It, it, it's uh, something you want to be really careful of. You know, we're trying to offset uh, manpower shortages by a lot of different ways. You know how they're trying to offset labor shortages in Japan? 
I have no idea. Romy, I I you, did I did a lot of reading. I was about to, I was just getting months. ready to tease you. You've obviously had a yeah. lot of time to read if yeah. you're reading about labor in yeah. Japan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a lot of a lot of bedtime, a lot of reading time. They're actually building robots that can do construction tasks. They have a robot in Japan that hangs sheetrock. I have seen a number of the different uh, robotic machines they use for for a lot of different things. 3D house building where they've got a mortar pump and it, you know, pumps oh. lines and lines and lines of mortar. And, yeah. Uh, you know, you you just fill the mortar bucket and they're probably going to have a machine to do that someday too. And it outlines the entire house and you just come back and do your interior finishing. It's I've seen machines that actually do brick laying. It, yeah, it, it, the arm picks up the brick. It it goes underneath a dispenser for the grout mortar mix, and then it puts it right in place. And it's uh, addressing. It's not ever going to be replaced. I think by robots. There's there's going to be something to the old world craftsman skill that they'll never be able to duplicate with a robot. Whoa. But. Uh, Right now, you got to get the robot to the job site. <laughs> he can't get himself there. Uh, but it's one way they're addressing population and skilled workmen shortfalls through technology. So it uh, can't help but be interesting. And then to address that, I don't think they'll ever, well, I don't know. That's a dangerous thing to say. <laughs> uh, but getting a robot to do roofing would be really tough. Because there's so many different types of material, getting them up and down the ladder, getting the material up on the roof, uh, assessing whether or not the plywood needs to be repaired or replaced. So we would like to issue kind of a soft apology that the Rosie certified roofers across Arizona have been too busy to get to some of you as quick as you would like to be taken care of. But if you're a regular listener of the show, we tried to prep you for this last fall. Get a free inspection now. Get a free inspection now. So be patient. Uh, it's better to wait for the best guy available than not wait for the next guy available. Definitely. There, there's a reason they have a customer base. It's because they're good, reputable. And people, uh, what you know, you, you want your roof done right the first time. You don't want to have to see them again for 30, 40 years. Uh, some of these roofing systems now, they're touting 50 years. And But that's not uh, – roof leaks weren't the only thing that uh, affected some homeowners. For people in Clarkdale, Camp Verde, Montezuma, Rimrock, there's only 25 homes that had to be uh, – that were damaged as a result of flooding. Uh, and then a, a lot more were evacuated. Uh, so it, it could be worse. <laughs> your, your little sister, Julia, in Minneapolis, sent me a video that aired on Channel 15 in Phoenix about the waterfalls in Oak Creek Canyon. And there was an article in Arizona Central about going out and seeing all the different waterfalls. I mean, in the McDowell, the Matazels, the Galeros. Uh, I mean, they were... They were everywhere. And that was that's actually in today's paper in the Explore Arizona section of the Republic. Oh. Time to hike right 
and you'll get to see time time your this hike right, and you'll get to see waterfalls and had a bunch of listings there if you want to get out and about uh, and enjoy the. If you were one of the homeowners that took our advice and you did get uh, your roof inspected and you did determine that uh, you needed a new one, you've got a brand new roof and you weren't affected by this at all, you can go enjoy a little waterfall hike. Are you a basketball fan? You want to see ASU take down California Sunday, February 24th in the Wells Fargo Arena. Section A, row 7, seats 9 and 10 with a parking pass. Answer us this. And this is a text to 411923. Which playing card did Corden Cooley set down to win what is now the town of Sholo. The game was called high-low, and you show low. The lowest card wins the, the match. What card was played to win what is now Sholo? A little hint. It's the name of the main street. Yeah, right. <laughs> if you've been there. Yeah. <laughs> and you ever thought, I wonder what that means. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was the card that was played to win the t- to win the territory. Text that answer to four one one nine two three. Our newsletter subscribers got that uh, trivia hint two days early, so they had a little time to research it and look it up. All the right answers we'll put aside and we'll ran- pick at random and send you to the basketball game. Compliments of our sister station of our flagship station KTAR and Sports ninety eight seven. Let's get to Bill, who's called in first. Wants to talk plumbing. It is plumbing month here at Rosie on the house. Let's see how we can help. B. Yes, um, I didn't get into your show last week, but um, you were advocating um, not putting chemicals down the drain, and I've got a couple very slow drains, and I'm. Wondering, nobody mentioned these enzyme cleaners, and I'm wondering if they are something that I should uh, try or forget them or what. Well, I tell you what, Miss B, we have seen actually some pretty good results uh, from the enzymes, uh-huh. which is quite a bit different than the harsh chemicals we were talking about not using right. last week. Right. The enzymes actually eat the buildup that's on the inside of the pipe, allowing it to open back up. Okay. Now, the danger, depending on the age of your plumbing. Old. Very old. Yeah. <laughs> um, sometimes it's the corrosion and the buildup on the inside of the pipe that's the only thing that's keeping your sewer pipe from not leaking. and uh-huh. And you get rid of all that. So it might be... It might be wise to get one of our plumbers out and have them. Have you had it roto rooted any time recently? No, I haven't. And this is, um, we've been in this house 51 years. So um, periodically the drains just run slow. And um, yeah, they they may send a camera down there and take a look, uh, either water jet it or roto root it. Um, I'd do that before I started putting a lot of things down the drain. But like I say, we've seen good results with enzymes, particularly for homes that are on a septic system. We've seen it, we've seen it stretch the period between 
cleanings by quite uh-huh. a bit. So, Well, um, something very unusual. I mean, uh, the shower I used to be able to use um, full pressure, you know, it was just pouring out. And it would run right down, and now it builds up like a couple inches. Yeah. Eventually, it eventually drains down, but um, you know it's very annoying. And and if you just take a shower with just half the stream, it's not quite as right. enjoyable. But um, those shower drains are just notorious for getting monster hairballs. Yeah. Well, I dug <laughs> down as far as I can go. Yeah. But, um, Maybe somebody else could, you know, get further down. But yes, anyway, yeah. I thought, well, maybe I should try one of those enzyme cleaners. And they—they they are a slow solution. It uh-huh. isn't anything that you're going to apply it today. You know, it's generally a powder. The ones I'm familiar with, you mix them in a empty coffee can with water, and then you pour them down a little down each drain. But you have to set that as a routine and do it regularly for a duration of time to see any kind of results at all. So for a little bit more uh, rapid results, a 51-year-old home that's never been roto-rooted, I think, I think that's where I'd start. And I'd, I'd make sure they know it's never been done so that they can proceed with the snake very carefully, or like I say, use a water blaster. Thanks for the call, B. Glad you were able to get in this Saturday. Let's see how we can help Dave and Prescott on a five-year-old home. Welcome to the program, Dave. What's your question? Well, thanks uh, for taking my call. And Rosie, welcome back. Uh, we wish you the very best and a speedy recovery. I do. I do feel better than I sound, Dave. <laughs> well, good. Good. You always have a radio voice, right? <laughs> Well, listen, my home is five years old. It was built new by Dorn Homes. Uh, It's a 2,200-square-foot single-story home, and it's open space to the west, and that's where most of the storms come in from. And the rain and the snow and the wind beat against that west wall. And uh, right from the very beginning after we moved in, I started noticing uh, cracks in the stucco. Uh, I've got about 50, at least 50, mostly vertical, some horizontal cracks. And we'll continue that conversation here at Rosie on the House right after bottom of the hour news break. It's Rosie on the House. Nothing will distract and and kill a a great lawn like a weed forest. Well, I think I timed it right this year just before this rain. I hit the yard real hard with that Uh, because last year we were traveling at the right time to put it down. I missed it, and I fought Spurge all summer long. It was horrible. So I'm on a stamp Spurge out of my backyard campaign. (laughs) So I got mine down in time. Let's go back to Dave. Calling from Prescott, dealing with us. I'm here. Dave, thanks for your patience. Can I ask you, uh, on the stucco cracks, you said a lot of them were vertical. That are they pretty much following about where the the studs are? <laughs> uh, let's see. On an exterior wall, the studs are 16 inches on center. Yeah. Um, it's. I would say that's a good possibility. Yeah. Uh, I know. I contacted the builder within the first year, and they said 
Uh, no, the, the cracks are less than um, the size of a quarter to go through, and it meets code, and they couldn't do anything about it. Uh, I ended up um, working with a painter, uh, filled some of them with an elastomeric yeah. uh, caulk, yeah. and then painted over. But, of course, when you do that and you look at the wall, it looks like a zebra. Okay. Um, so uh, they've just continued to uh, grow. Uh, some have widened up a little bit more. Uh, had the builder representative come out, oh, about a oh, less within the last year, they looked at it and came back and said, no, you're out of warranty, can't do anything about it. But I know what happens when you have a crack in a stucco, water gets in there, yeah. and they open back up, and you might have problem, more problems on down the road. Well, what the painter did with the elastomeric is probably going to be your best bet. Now, how rough a texture is? Is it a smooth, what we call sand finish, or is it a skip trial texture? No, it's a sand finish. Yeah, that, that makes it even a little bit harder to make the patch disappear, and it does make it easier for the cracks to show. But what, you, what we will generally do, Dave, is on a smooth sand finish wall with cracks, we will open the crack up a bit with a, tr with a margin trowel. Then we will blow that crack out with an air compressor. And then we will backfill it with a textured elastomeric uh, with sand in it. And, right. and bleed that in with a wet sponge and let it cure. And then we come back with a textured elastomeric coating and that may be spread over the crack four inches in either direction, using an eight or 12 inch trowel knife, feather that in, butter it in, let it dry, and then paint. And that pretty well, what you're seeing, we call it flashing. When that caulk makes it, the house look like a zebra, that's a flash. Right, right, no, I understand that. Yeah, and if, if you'll just use a wet sponge to feather that elastomeric into the stucco a little bit better, you'll you'll erase a lot of that flashing. It's going to be hard to get rid of what's there without removing the elastomeric. Your other option is to lay another complete entire coat of acrylic fiberglass reinforced stucco over that one wall. Okay, I was thinking that might be a, a better fix to it. Yeah. Uh, it might be less labor-intensive than the first uh, uh, suggestion that you made. Yeah. Well, that those are, the, those are the two ways to tackle it. All right. Well, thanks for your help. I appreciate it. Okay, man. Thanks for the and call. You, and you continue to get it better and improve. Every day's a little bit better. Every day. Sound, sounds good. I think I've made some quantum leaps here just in this past week. As a matter of fact, Thursday night, Valentine's Day, I was up till 11 o'clock at night. You're, you weren't up till 11 o'clock at night before the rollover. I know. <laughs> I, know. I, I took my sweetheart, I, sweet Jennifer, to an Esteban concert at Scottsdale Center for the Arts. I thought, I thought the concert was just fantastic. Yeah, I was proud of both of us for staying awake for the whole thing, but it was so good <laughs> that we were awake. It was sold out. Esteban was in fine form. Boy, he plays with his whole heart, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. Ab 
ab- absolutely one of my favorite musicians. We we listen to his music all the time. It was so, funny when I saw that uh, ad that he was going to be playing on Valentine's night. I thought, oh. Man, that's too bad. Mom and Dad would have loved to have gone to this. I thought, ah, Dad's not up to me. Not that late yet. And uh, just gen- gen- and the blown away, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, what was that? Was Valentine's Day Wednesday or Thursday? Thursday. Thursday, yes. Yeah, so then Friday, like, oh, yeah, we were out all night at Esteban. I thought, well, I guess he was feeling up to it. Yeah. <laughs> I loved it when he told me he bought me tickets. Happy Valentine's. Yeah, that was a good, a good concert. And I'm not... I'm not big on going to concerts. One, I'm not big on crowds. There's very few venues that are comfortable. They put you in postage stamp seats as small as an airline seat, and you're supposed to enjoy the experience. (laughs) Scottsdale Center for the Arts, the seats are comfortable. It was great. Uh, Not too loud. Most concerts are so loud, I I have an extreme headache one-third the way through the concert. So this one was really the exception. It was a fabulous performance. Our Valentine's Day is a little different. That's Landry Kay's birthday. She That's turned right. five. And My she, sweet little angel granddaughter. You know, you, you, when it's your birthday, you get to pick what you eat. You know, that's, that's, uh, that's one of the treats. And she's the only one of the four that has uh, some something out of the house it's it's you know tinley might be beer butt chicken roxy might be steak remy might be a cheeseburger or or hot dogs landry mac and cheese from red robin (laughs) we don't eat at chain restaurants i don't know how or where or when uh oh you know i do i do uh it was a it was the only place we could find uh in prescott one night after the christmas tree lighting that could feed us within an hour oh and ever since then, she has been waiting for, to go back to Red Robin for a mac and cheese restaurant. And speaking of noise, it they have a great uh, burger there, but man, it was loud. And I couldn't figure out what was irritating me. As soon as we walked out and we got back into the quiet, it that, um. <laughs> living out Whitman on uh. out of the streets and the yeah. sirens and the noise and yeah, you know, noise bothers me now. <laughs> Well, let's see if we can get to Ruth, and then we've got Pam also on hold. Ruth, we appreciate your patience. Let's see how we can help you with your Hi, uh, Rosie. Homeowner Welcome question. back. I'm glad you're doing better. Thank you, ma'am. Um, I, I've had two bids on an air conditioning um, heating unit. Uh-huh. Mine is 22 years old, and it seems very confusing. Um, I think we've got the tonnage down. Um, we're going with the same tundras that I have now, which is four. Um, but the Sears, and then you have, I guess, one speed, two speed, then you have a varial speed. And then you have, uh, you know, there's different opinions on what company to go with. So, right. you know, Lennox or this or that. So I'm just so overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the reasons on our referral network we don't just list one company. We, we like you to be able to pick from two or three really great companies, and they're all going to come to you with a different opinion on how best to handle the situation. But if you have a system that's 22 years old, um, I'd like to think we could downsize the tonnage, but it would take a full assessment to determine that. I would want to do a full assessment of your return air plenum, and your supply ducts to make sure the integrity of the duct system was good. 
I can tell you, you probably can get proposals for SEER ratings as high as the low to mid-20s. Mm. Um, okay. But I think statutorily, it has to be a 13 right now. Generally speaking, something in the 15 to 16, 18 is probably about right. Okay, 15 to 16. I have a 10 now, I believe. Right. And mm-hmm. and yeah. you're, you're going to save money with this new unit, I promise you. I hope it's quieter because it, the unit's right outside my bedroom. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I hope it's quieter than I have yeah. now. Well, I will tell you, you will want you will want to drive that point home in writing to whoever installs the unit because there are brands that we're familiar with that are so noisy Uh-oh. you will be extremely disappointed. And if you look at the video we put together this summer with Train, yes. we had to hold paper above it to prove that the unit was running. It was so quiet. Yeah. Okay. So make sure your contractor you select is in complete understanding that if you're not happy with the noise outside your bedroom window, you're going to be looking for a solution. Oh, but, thank you. Okay. Yeah, I would okay. put that in writing. But, oh, oh, in right. Okay, yes, wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah, they all say it's going to be quieter, but who knows, right? Right, right, right. Okay. So, okay. Uh, and then check as far the, as the the, the speeds, uh, how do you figure out the speeds? The one speed, two speed. Well, most of our guys are recommending the variable speed. Variable. Okay. Be, because that's like the accelerator on your car. If if in March and September. You only need your air conditioner running at 20% its capacity. That mm-hmm. variable speed compressor can do that. Okay. A single speed compressor only goes full blast. Oh, wonderful. Okay. A two speed has a low speed and a high speed. A variable speed has an infinite number of speeds. It only operates as the load dictates, it operates, and never anymore. Okay, so you're, you're advising variable and then the SEER 15 to 16, and um, uh, Make, any, and I've got that in writing in just in case, you know, it's too noisy sound, to call. Yeah. And as far as the manufacturer, it just kind of just kind of go with your gut? Well, any, any of the equipment... A Rosie certified contractor is recommending to you is going to be good equipment. Okay. That's going to be Train. That's going to be Linux. Uh, we have a couple guys that operate uh, some Goodman equipment uh, that's gone through a complete rebranding and engineering recently. So, you know, Ruth, I've, I offer this to a lot of our listeners. If you want to just email, scan the proposals to me, I'll review them, look at your house, and I'll tell you if it was my house which one I'd go with. And it's got to fit your budget too. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I I drive an F one fifty STX, not a F one fifty Platinum for a reason. <laughs> There's <laughs> it, it gets me just fine without all the extra bells and whistles. Now I've driven a Platinum, and that would be a lot of fun to have. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it's got to fit your budget. And we actually had a, a gentleman call and. You, uh, I guess this was Tuesday, and he was aggravated with me because two of our partners were giving different advice yeah. for their air conditioning unit. I said, well, we don't 
screen against professional advice. I mean, we do. It's got to be good advice. But you can have three of the best air conditioning contractors voted on by the rest of the air conditioning contractors. These are the best three. What do you recommend for this house? And you could get three different answers. Uh, their experience with different equipment, their time in the field, what they've seen, what they haven't seen, living conditions. There are thousands of variables, and he wanted something standardized that they would all agree to. I'm like, you know, <laughs> what what single industry yeah. would you have trade professionals all agree this is the absolute best way to do it, and this is the best brand, the best equipment, the best way to solder it? it you're just you're never going to get that. It, yeah, that's true. I mean, we have... We have experts in many fields that go to different manufacturers just based on their working relationships over the years and their experience and having warranty done and stuff. And occasionally you might see one brand spike over the other one that, hey, this this unit might be better than that one. But, you know, it might be a one-off. Their track history with this other manufacturer may go back 20 years and they're not willing to break that brand loyalty because they know I've been buying equipment from this guy for 20 years. If I get a problem, uh, I've got a lot more weight with him than if I jump ship now and I'm the new guy for this other manufacturer right. and I've got a problem. So it, it's it's a lot of it is the relationships as well. So you can get variable opinions from professionals. It doesn't mean one's right or wrong. It just goes back to which one of these two guys do you want walking up if you have a problem? I mean, that's your end determining factor. If you trust them both and you know they're good quality contractors and they've been around a long time, just pick which one of those two you have the better relationship Absolutely. with. There's your factor. It was not the Queen of Hearts. Which is the name of this song. It was Deuce of Clubs. Was the low card played? It was a game the Pioneers played it, uh, to the area where you, you know, both get a card. Whoever has the low one, show low. Deuce of Clubs. That was the determining factor of how one settler got Sholo over the other. If you answered Deuce of Clubs, you were correct, and we will pull a winner at that at random and send you off to the ASU uh, basketball game on February 24th. We do have Coyote tickets for the 10 o'clock hour, but now we have the cost versus value report that's funny. One of the first stories we covered together when I joined you, you know, 17, 18 years ago. The yeah, they've been doing it for a long time. And they get more regionalized it seems like every year when the first one was just a kind of a east coast central and west coast they've got it broke broken down a lot better and it never had a phoenix tucson breakout before and you know and the, the 2030 cost versus value wouldn't surprise me to see prescott and flagstaff and sholo on there yuma you know it if you're considering a remodel this would be a great report for you to go on the internet and download this file. It's the Remodeling 2019 Costs Versus Value Report. Uh, you can find it at www.costvsvalue.com. Costvsvalue.com. 
and they take 22 projects and break it down by region. They actually, Phoenix is a big enough metroplex that they actually have a category just for Phoenix, and then Phoenix falls within the mountain region, and then they'll take a look at how we compare nationally. And when you look at the 22 different projects, the one project that returns the most on your investment, they go to contractors and they say, for this job, how much does it cost to do in your neighborhood? And then they go to appraisers and realtors and say, if this job were done on a home that were being listed for sale in the next 12 months, what would you project the return to be? So a bathroom addition that falls in the mid-range, the job cost is is about $45,000 for Phoenix. Nationally, it's $47,000. And you could expect to recoup about 60% of that or a little less than $30,000. So you have to make the decision... Is it worth $10,000 for my subjective enjoyment of this remodel, knowing I won't get my money back? Now, the one project that returns the highest is replacing your overhead garage door. 97% return on investment. So if you're in the Northeast Valley and you've got a remodeling project, Give us a ring at Rosie on the House. And we've got remodelers all across the state. Wherever you are, find them at rosieonthehouse.com.